Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of Malachim Bey's, the second book of Kings. We are up to chapter 10. We are in the middle of reading through the story of Yehu and his coup and his violent takeover of the northern kingdom and how he overthrew the house of Ahav. And as I mentioned, when we studied the ninth parak, the ninth chapter together, I pointed out some points to ponder, some questions, some issues, so that when we, after we complete studying the story of Yehu and his takeover of the kingdom, I'm going to take another uh, a, a podcast special to point out some interesting observations, which help us try to make some some sense and meaning out of out of out of this. Uh, very uh, violent and and gory story. But here we are now, beginning chapter 10. We left the end of chapter 9 after the, the assassination of, of the king uh, Yehoram had taken place, the assassination of the, the king of the north, the assassination of Ahaziah, the king of the south, had taken place, and the assassination of Izebel, Jezebel, uh, the wife of Ahav, um, and her and her very um, ignominious end. Now we begin chapter ten with the uh, continued uh, coup, where Yehu takes aim at Achav's family. Ula Achav shivim banim b'shomron. Achav had seventy um, banim could be translated as sons, but more 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 likely means seventy uh, uh, children or descendants in Samaria. That's the capital city of the north. And Yehu wrote um, uh, a letters. Um, and he sent to Shomron to the uh, the elders of Jezreel, the elder uh, the uh, elders that were in charge, and to the uh, those that were the guardians or the sometimes it means a, a nursemaid, uh, the, those that were in charge of taking care of Ahav's descendants. Of, uh, of Ahab, of his descendants, Lamar, saying as follows. This is what the letter stated. Now, when this book, when you reach, when this letter actually reaches you, and you have uh, the children of your master under your charge, in other words, the children of your king, and you also have the, um, the chariots and the horses, and you're in the uh, fortified city, and you have the uh, weaponry. I want you to um, find among the children of your king the ones that are good and proper. Um, uh, I'm sorry, and you, uh, from among them, not the ones, but the one who is Tovyasha, the one who you think would be appropriate as the next king. Place him on his father's throne. And fight on behalf of your father's house. <laughs> right. In other words, he's saying, if you are, basically what he's telling them is, if you guys are loyal to your master, right, because you're watching the family, so you're loyal to the house of Ahab, so go ahead, pick a king, put him up in charge, and I'll take him on, Right? See how you guys have you got you have a fortified city, you have the the weapons, the army. 
go ahead, put him in charge, and 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 I'll take him on. So they were very afraid. There were two kings, the king of the north and the king of the south. Couldn't stand up to him. How could we stand up to him? Even if we were to find one of Achav's sons that we thought might be a worthy, a worthy um, uh, king. And the, he who was in charge of the king's palace sent Vasher al and the one who was in charge of the city, Vazakanim, and a panel of the elders via Omnim, and those that were in charge of taking care of the children. They all sent El Yehu the following message, Lamar, saying as follows Avodecha, Anachnu, we are servants to you. Whatever you tell us, we'll do. We're not going to make anyone in charge, we're not going to appoint anyone as a replacement king. Just do whatever you think is right in your eyes. <clears throat> so he wrote them another another letter saying as follows. If you are with me, and you're going to listen to me, take the heads of the the people who are descendants of your master, and come and bring them to me at this time tomorrow to Jezreel. There were 70 of them. The, the, the important people of the city were the ones that were protecting them and raising them. When they got this, this book, and they took the, the, the king's children who were obviously trusted them, but by and they slaughtered seventy people, by Badudim, and they put their heads in into baskets, and they sent them to him to Jezreel. Then the messenger came and they told him as follows. So the the mess they sent the this very, very, very gruesome Gruesome, gruesome, hard to even fathom delivery. Um, so the messenger comes to Yehu to say, They brought the heads of the descendants of the king. Place them in two big piles outside the gate and let them sit out there until the morning. And it was in the next morning. And he went out and he stood. And he said to everyone, Tzadikim Atem, you are all righteous. Hine ani kosharti al Adoni. I have um, rebelled and conspired against my master. In other words, I was rebellious. I was um, um, disloyal. Vahargeo, and I killed him. Umihi kolele. But who is the one that killed all of these people? In other words, I, you can... Have a problem with me because I was disloyal. I was rebellious. I should have stayed up for my master so you can hold something against me. But who were the ones that killed all of these people? All of those people that were loyal to Achav went ahead and killed all of these people. Now, exactly what point is he trying to make here? Um, uh, it's, it's unclear. And there's a lot of different commentaries, uh, you know, have different approaches. I, I would like to approach and say is that is that is and I pointed this out while we learned chapter nine is that Yehu it seems that there it was known it was a known thing that Yehu was a potential 
rebel, that he was, uh, you know, that he was a guy who might stand up to the king. His loyalty was always under question. It's possible that it was known, the prophecy was always known, that God had asked Eliyahu to appoint Yehu to take over from the house of Ahav and to take vengeance against the house of Ahav, that this was something that was, that was known among the public. So if you look at me and you see me, I ki- killed you know, the, the king, well, you, oh, whatever, he's just a rebel, but we still believe in the king, house of the king. But now you see that even those who are loyal to the king, even those that had sworn loyalty and had been raising the children, even they turned against the house of Ahav, so it makes his cause sound more just. Du'u efo. Now you should know, ki lo pol arza. There isn't a word that God had predicted that will what it literally means will fall to the ground. But what he means is what that that it will not that it will not happen. So every word that God had predicted will occur. Every word that God spoke about Achav, and God has already done. In other words, even what hasn't been done yet, it's as if it's already been done. That which God has spoken. Biyad Avdo Eliyahu in the hands of his servant Eliyahu. So while um, Yehu is doing these acts, doing them in the name of God, he's going to repeat over and over and over again. These are the words that God spoke to his servant Eliyahu, his servant Elijah. Now, it's interesting because these are not words that were spoken to Yehu himself, right? He's doing this because of the words that were spoken to Eliyahu. The exact nature of the destruction of the house of Ahav and how it should come about may not exactly have been described in this way. This is Yehu's interpretation. And this is important to remember and keep that in mind for when we have our discussion at the end. And now, these 70 descendants are gone. If you recall, there's a stark difference with what happened when King David took over after the uh, house of Saul and King David actually took it upon himself to um, to take the remnants of the house of Saul. Once he had eliminated real opposition, he allowed the people, the descendants of Saul, to uh, of Shaul, to um, to prosper, and he supported them and took care of them. Even though, in theory, you know, and many had advised against it. Yoav, if you recall back then, had advised against it because it was a potential for for um, for uh, you know. A rebellion against David, but he kept them anyway, right? But nonetheless, here, um, uh, Yehu is not, and even after these 70 were killed, which you'd think at least this should be enough, enough murder, enough mayhem, the, the house of Achav is destroyed enough that they're not going to stand up again. But he went and continued to search for any more remnants of the descendants of Ahav. And Yehu went and then struck down anyone that remained from the house of Ahav in Jezreel. And, and not only the, his descendants, but anyone that was great in his, in his administration, anyone that was friendly with Ahav that knew him, anyone that were his priests. So this priests... Um, could if it probably does not refer to the priests of Baal because if it did, uh, the, the, an episode that we're about to read soon where he gathered the priests of Baal, right, uh, wouldn't make sense if he if he's saying that he killed Ad Bilti until there wasn't a single one left. So not only did he kill the house of Achav, did he kill the seventy 
or, or bring about the death of the 70 de- descendants who were potentially worthy of being a king in Ahab's place, right? But then he went, any descendant, even someone who had, did not have that potential, and not only descendants, but those who were friends, those that were acquaintances, those that were, um, that were in his administration. This was way beyond um, what the prediction that God had told Eliyahu was. But this is Yehu's interpretation. And he got up and he, now he went to the capital, Beit Eked Haroim Badarach. And uh, while he was traveling to Shomron, he, um, he passed through an area called Beit Eked Haroim. Beit Eked, which is a place where the, the, um, the shepherds used to gather, a Badarach on the road on his way there. And at that point, he found the brothers of Ahaziyahu, the king of Yehuda. Remember, he had just had Ahaziyahu, the king of Yehuda, assassinated, the king of the southern kingdom, and now he finds his brothers. Now, his brothers were also um, related to Ahav through, you know, because they had, the families had married into each other. And he says to them, Who are you? It seems to be a question that. The answer was probably obvious. These people were probably well known as to who they were. By Omer, but they said, We are the brothers of Ahaziah. And we are going down. Uh, we have come down in order to, to, um, to, uh, to check on the peace. In other words, to pay our respects, to say hello to the sons of the king and the um, the sons of the of Bnei HaGvira, the queen mother. In other words, they say we left Judah and we came up here to the northern kingdom to check on the, the king's household. I mean, they apparently had heard that something had happened to the queen mother, meaning Izevel. Now remember, they're, they're related, they're cousins. So, um, so um, immediately, Vayomer Tifsum Chaim, he said, grasp them, take them alive, Vayitfesum Chaim, and they grasped them alive, in other words, rather than shoot them with arrows or whatnot. And then and he had them slaughtered in the pit, which was there at the Beit Eked, in this place of Beit Eked. Our boy Mushnaim, each 42 people, he did not leave a single one of them alive. So again, this was not part of the command of Eliyahu. And the bloodlust and the lust for murder and revenge of Yehu has taken a turn that is way beyond his mandate, and it has become uh, uh, an absolute slaughter. And in, in, inadvertently, this also has a lot of terrible outcomes because we're going to find out in later chapters, and I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but, but the fact that the, many of these uh, brothers of Ahaz Yohu were put to death left a power vacuum in the south which led to a terrible episode in the south, southern kingdom of Judah that we're going to learn about, the takeover of the evil queen Atalia, which was only possible because, because there, was no, there was no one else left and there was a huge power vacuum. But we'll get to that later. But I just wanted to put that out there. So now um, I'm going to stop here uh, at, at the first half of chapter 10 as we continue on this this. Uh, this um, path, this trail of murder and destruction and revenge that Yehu is, uh, is, is embarking upon. And now, if you recall, in the first, in, in chapter 9, we discussed the issue, the discussion of the term Meshuga, this of crazy, 
craziness, like with no thought, with no um, logic, with no reason, certainly with no compassion, with no heart, with no empathy, that a person uh, that Yehu was described as, and now we see how that, where that path takes one when one continues with this lust for revenge, how far it goes, but we're not even finished yet. So thank you so much for studying this part of chapter 10. Looking forward to studying the rest of chapter 10 with you. Have a, and, and of course, the rest of this book of Kings. Thank you so much for participating. Um, uh, take care and have a wonderful day.